Hey, Cold Pizza, Cold Pizza, brand new episode. And today is a very special episode. We got a special guest uh, today to actually expand on the conversation we had on the last podcast. Um, I think it's really important. We continue the conversation on stocks and we got an awesome, uh, awesome guy right here, man. Uh, we got TC from Burner Stock Trading Market from on YouTube. What's up, TC? Hey, how's it going, man? Good to see you, Petit. Yeah, man. Um, Amit, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I'm, a, I'm actually a big, uh, I'm not, I haven't been completely in, uh, into the, the stock YouTube scene, but I came across your page uh, uh, with, I guess everybody went onto the, the YouTubes just to see what was going on with AMC and Robinhood and all that stuff. And I came across your channel and I love it, man. You have a dope personality, very humbling. And uh, I, I love what you're doing with the pages. It's, it's super entertaining when when I'm on trading apps and stuff. Love following yeah, so, you, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you, man. So just, I'll give you a little bit of background about me, what my story is right off the rip here. So yeah, my name's Taylor, uh, TC is kind of just like what I go by for short, my little nickname here. Uh, I started streaming, you know, uh, stuff in the stock market and around October, just looking at the charts, right. Just, you know, talking about whatever's hot on the internet, you know, and that's, uh, that was my start, you know, kind of doing, you know, social media with it. But I've been in the trenches for about two years now, uh, 27 years old. So right when I turned 25, right, I started getting really serious about the market and started to look for opportunity, right? I saw like, uh, I saw something like a video, somebody making, you know, a couple hundred percent return on an options play. So I figured to myself, you know, the stock market, options, shares, what's all the, you know, to me, I have no clue, right? Right. So I just dove head first right into it. Uh, you know, cut, I was getting, I was making mistake after mistake. And I was really looking, you know, through all these different discords and all these different, you know, reddits, looking for different communities and different people, you know, to connect with. So really how all this got started was we were over, I was over on the uh, stock twits board. Right. And I met, so that's uh, stock twits is just a popular stock market social media app. Like each ticker has its own like message board. So people, you know, can debate bullish or bearish on, on a specific ticker, share ideas, stuff like that. So I clicked up with a whole bunch of people uh on the stock to on the workhorse board over on stock twits right so that was when that was about it was may of 2019 right when i found them when i found that stock over there and i just started treating workhorse like my checking account you know any wow. extra money i had th buy some shares of workhorse you know uh when it was a dollar 73 was my first buy uh you know that summer it ran up to like at the peak of the summer it was 537 right uh crash back down in march you know that next following and in, in the in the covid crash back down to a dollar 41. uh so there was a group of people over on the stock twits board who i met from and, and stayed in contact with that whole time right and we just we we knew what we owned we did our research right and we felt very strong in our due diligence right so we kind of clicked up and you know we band together that group started at about 30 people right and it was nothing organized right nothing nothing you know we're, we're just a ragtag group of militia men, men and women here you know trying to trying to fight the wall street right but uh you know we knew what we had in workhorse there's about 30 of us to start and then at the end you know when workhorse started to really pop off the next year you know that next summer it hits 20 dollars a share unfortunately there was only about 
like seven or eight of us, you know, who really held on to our shares, you know, and like actually, you know, saw it through and really, you know, now we're all high fiving at the finish line. But, you know, I think Drake said it the best, right? Like at the top, it isn't lonely or something like that, you know, or something, you know, like it isn't lonely at the top. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, we, we finally made it. We broke through. We're on the other side now. We saw $40 a share. And, you know, that whole crew, really what that whole experience taught me was that you need to have conviction and confidence in yourself. Don't just take whatever somebody says on the internet as face value. You need to do three times. You know, you can, that's a great sp- spot to learn and to start looking for ideas, but you need to take that to your lab. You need to have your own confidence in it. And it needs to be, an idea or a theme or something that's genuine to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like the movie Inception, like that idea needs to come from yourself, right? And that that's where, you know, if, if it's just somebody you see on the internet who tells you it's a good idea and when things hit the fan, you know, you're 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 trying you're in a, in a in a weird spot right there right but if you know in your heart electric vehicles are going to be it the last mile delivery sector is only going to grow right like you can see all the amazon the ups trucks right now you know if, if that's something you believe in it makes it much easier to hold on with the tanzanite hands right exactly so diamond hands yeah, the market makers are going to throw as many curveballs at you as they can. Right? Mm-hmm. They're going to make the price go up, go down. They're trading shares with themselves back and forth, right? So, right. you know, that's what we're trying to do here with the burner market trading thing. We're all trying to click up, uh, you know, educate ourselves, talk about, you know, just share ideas and, and just that like, right? But uh, that's what we all kind of, you know, got our start from. And uh, so the burner market trading community that it is today, shout out my guy, Jay Smitty. You know, he's my partner in crime on this, right? We built this Discord together. He uh, he actually just turned himself into a penny stock millionaire, multi-millionaire. Wow. Like, within a week of time, right? So the opportunity is here, right? If you want to take this seriously, just to double back, you know, to wrap, you know, put a bow on it. The opportunity is here for regular people with, I, I think of myself as an average guy with an average IQ. I got a 19 on my ACT, right? By the book. The school said I wasn't, you know, I wasn't intelligent, but there's more than one way to make it in this world. And, you know, the world's just telling you, go to college, put yourself in debt, right? Do this, do that. But what that does is that drains you of your energy, your time, your happiness, and that's what they want. You know, so what we're doing in the burner market community, we're doing what we want. Right. And Mm -hmm. if we're we're losing money doing it, hey, we're going down losers that we're going down. You know, that's the way we're going to go down, you know. uh, So that's kind of just the wave is just, you know, trying to inspire uh, maybe people uh, to do. I mean, there's a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of people pushing you to the market, but we want to we want to push you to do it, to 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 invest in a calculated risk, not just YOLO, hold the line. GameStop, send it, you know. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Before we go, uh, talk more about what was going on with AMC and GameStop, I really want to talk about how was your life before you went on this investing journey? What was life like before and, and leading up to this point when you just became a full-time trader? Absolutely. So I uh, I did. I, so I graduated high school at 18. Right. After that, took a year off. Right. My little millennial gap year, figure out myself, find myself. Right. Really wish I didn't do that because then about, you know, I, I went back to community college when I was 
19 and a half, almost 20, right? So about a year and a half went by, went back to community college and your brain's like a muscle, right? You got to keep using it, right? And I had no math skills after. Wow, you know, really? Yeah, I could not. I mean, I, I when I went back into to go to college and get into math, I had to test into it, you know, and uh -huh. uh, like I had three classes I had to take before I could get to the one that was worth the first credit. And then I yeah. needed, you know, then I needed two more past that. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, I was just in community college, right? Got my associate's degree. I, th I was very late through school, right? And the only reason I did it was because I figured that's what society was telling me I had to do, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so after I got my uh, associate's degree, right? And this whole time I'm doing my associates, I'm working full time over at uh, TGI Fridays. And then from TGI Fridays, I moved to like a swankier steakhouse in my wow. town, right? So I put in the, put in like the, well, I started off as like a host, went to a buster, was serving tables, was, you know, never got to bartending because I wasn't 21 yet. But then I went over to uh, this uh, nicer steakhouse in my town, right? Uh, and Where are you from, TC? Oh, so Midwest, right? Right. Chicago land area. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So suburbs of Chicago, but, uh, I mean, everybody will say they're from Chicago, but, they're really <laughs> suburbs, right? but, uh, yeah. So I, when I got to that steakhouse, you know, I'm working, I'm going to school, uh, Monday through Thursday. Right. And, uh, so I finished up my associates and then I transferred to Illinois state. Right. And that's where I started uh, studying public relations. And because I, you know, I couldn't do anything in math, right? So I had to do a communications degree. I originally wanted to do marketing, but uh, yeah, you needed math for that. So I pivoted to public relations because that, you know, you didn't have to get through any math with that. And then uh, while I'm, I'm, I'm working uh, the weekends at the steakhouse, which at my house, which is, you know, Northwest suburbs of Chicago. And then I'm driving down two hours to Bloomington Normal right to go to school Monday through Thursday you know then Thursday night pack up my stuff go back home right drive the two hours I work Friday Saturday Sunday and then uh, you know finish up whatever homework I can get done drive back and then I go to class Monday through Thursday down in down in normal Illinois so that was kind of you know I, I was going through that grind just working uh, you know as a bartender as a you know like as a, a server salary. yeah yeah so server bartender yeah. and then I worked myself up to the management role right wow. so I was like uh, the hourly manager I had the shot you know to do like the the salary and the, that whole thing but the what I was what I was going through when I'm working you know as a bartender as a server when it's dinner time that's for your time to make money. So as far as a family life goes, I'm sorry. Like if you have kids and you want to see them play baseball, no, like the Friday night, no, mm -hmm. sorry. My, my significant other is going to hate me if I choose that path. Right. And you know, the GM who, you know, uh, who really gave me the shot, you know, he left, you know, and he just said straight up, I have no family life. Right. So that's what the stock market, you know, opportunity said to me, right, was I spent the last 11 years of my life missing mm -hmm. every birthday, every holiday, every, you know, every dinner with my family, right? Like during those times, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to be, you know, time is your, is your most precious asset, you know? So if I can 
put a little bit of money together, use my brain, right? Really try and get down into the lab and grind really hard and try and figure this thing out, right? You know, uh, I, I could buy back my free time. I could do what I want to do, right? I can go to Charlie's, you know, birthday. I can, I can be at, at Christmas with my family, you know, more my motto. There's a, there's a clear drive of financial freedom. In, in, in your eyes I can see it like from being a server and working all those hours you wanted to you know break even and make that money um and now you've kind of achieved it in your own way with this whole um the stock YouTube and everything that you're doing right now so and kudos to you man you're really you're killing this shit especially <laughs> you, at your young age you know Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And, uh, th you know, that's what doing this burner market community thing, right? Uh, when I, in October, we started this out with, you know, I didn't buy my first subscribers. I didn't, you know, I, I was thinking, Hey, I could buy a, an account with 5,000 subs on it, mm. but wouldn't it be dope if I started from zero. Right. So doing that grind up from, I think I have like 2,300, the, the numbers don't matter to me. I don't care about the numbers. What, what matters to me is that we got you know, we have people showing up every day and, you know, it started with just like Savvy Money Show, Ryan Smith, Frank Suchek, Nina Robinson, uh, Angela F, right? Like as, as shout out to know, them, man. Yeah, like those were like the, you know, when, when TC puts his, I mean, go back to the first streams I did. It looks like a third grader put together. The <laughs> there was no overlay, right? Yeah. I'm just figuring all this stuff out. And, uh, you know, something that through this whole process, you know, uh, a buddy of mine, sh uh, yeah, shouts out Mr. Al Mafioso, all right, and shouts out Mr. Mike Lowe, all right, Lowe Daddy, he's like, does the DD while I'm doing my lunch break. Those two guys really taught me and hammered into my head that you need to document, don't create, right? If you if you document your process, right? Like what, I, they, they were friends of mine who I went to high school with, they kind of caught wind of what I was doing and, you know, they're like, Hey, they were doing some stuff with social media and just other areas of business and marketing and stuff. This is a story, right? Yeah. So what absolutely. I did, what I achieved. It's not like I'm trying to get high off of it. And, and also TT, you're a, you're a whole character too. Like, the, <laughs> like the, you entertain the viewers so well. And, and I love how you take these tickers and you, you, you actually open up, uh, the actual, you know, you, you actually investigate like in research, the, the tickers that people suggest to you, you know, it's Absolutely. very awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love connecting with the people just, yeah. I mean, step one, I'm one of probably top tier, most extroverted people in the world, right? Like I, there is nobody who I won't walk up to and strike up a conversation with. And that's, you know, that comes from the serve, you know, the hospitality, the serving thing, uh -huh. just, uh, okay. you know, people say public speaking, you know, that's rough. Do it 10,000 times. It, <laughs> it gets better, you know, yeah. but, uh, uh it's the, the this whole experience though doing the patreon thing uh you know that's kind of what i built I, I you know i started you know I, the stocks are great but if I, if it all goes away tomorrow you know i want to build a business right build some kind of you know stability out of this so right I can get a, brand, out of a brand a brand what you're wearing exactly. right now you know exactly. you're wearing your own uh, thing exactly so everybody any like all my aunts uncles cousins uh -huh. everybody right Mom's dad says all entrepreneurs in my family, right? Wow. From literally every area of business, right? And growing up, I always knew I wanted to wear a suit, drive a Mercedes, have a nice watch. And yeah. I never knew how that was gonna happen, 
but I knew it had to come from, you know, being my own boss and doing something like that. And, you know, what, having that upbringing where that work ethic was just pounded into me, right? My dad's blue collar guy wakes up at four in the morning, you know? So like, yeah. uh, you know, when I got, I got to see firsthand, you know, at like 12 years old, you know, going on jobs with him, how hard he works for 20 bucks, for a hundred bucks, for, for 300 bucks, you know? And, uh, so to see, you know, and to grow up and, you know, we're kind of talking about that quality of life balance a little bit earlier, right? My dad sacrificed so much for me to have what I have, right? And to have the opportunity, right? And I mean, and one token of it, I can't, like, he's a welder. And I can't weld at all, right? Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, right, he doesn't, he's not, he's never tried to push me and say, son, you need to do what I do, or you need to live your life in this way or that way, right? They've all, my both my parents have always given me the foundation and the support to pursue whatever I wanted to. And, you know, they put up with me when I was being a knucklehead. And then, you know, I'm thankful enough, you know, they still put a roof over my head now. And, you know, at 27 years old, I'm proud to say I live in my mom's basement and all my money is invested in the market. And I have plans to be a millionaire before I turn 30, you know, so. I think that's going to happen by the end of the year, honestly. <laughs> that would be dope. That would be dope. My, my year end goal is going to be 300,000. Woo, man. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be. I wouldn't be disappointed, even at you know. I'm 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 looking at, at different strategies, kind of you know now, taking a small amount, running mm -hmm. up to a big amount. Now that you have a bigger amount, you know, diversifying, protecting that. You know, let's so. let's let's talk a little bit more about that because um you've already uh, mentioned that you were in the stock to its boards with Workhorse, right? Mm -hmm. Particularly Workhorse, you were invested in it. Like you said, it was like your checking account, you know. Yeah. what what made you so like you trusted workhorse what like a lot of people you know they go for the little you know pump oh it, it went up a dollar i'm gonna sell now what made you believe in that so much all right so uh I'll, <laughs> i'm laughing because it's like why did you there was no reason to believe in it bro like there's their PR team was was shysty, mm. not shysty, but I mean the PR team was like, come on guys, can you make a Twitter post? Like you guys have a market cap of you know. When I found them, the market cap was like 300 million, right? But uh, the the way and this kind of is runs true in all electric vehicle sector right now. I guess Tesla really paved the way for there. You don't need revenue in the first. You know you don't need you don't need you know the stock market's always trading forward. So those things you know like the good PR, the good revenue, right? For the electric vehicles, man, that's coming off of the, the ropes of, you know, Tesla just exploding and, you know, Elon burnt up a whole lot of money to do it. But hey, yeah. that kind of proved that, you know, maybe these, maybe it's not so crazy to give this, you know, invest in this company, you know, for institutions and big hedge funds to invest in these highly speculative growth plays, right? And when you're talking about, you know, transforming your life, you need to be buying something that people think you're crazy for talking about, right? So what, the, what get, to get back more to the core of what your question was, was what made me believe in Workhorse was I just felt super strongly that the, uh, the last mile delivery sector was going to be a very relevant area that people were not looking at, you know? So when I started looking at the market, it was all Canadian cannabis legalization. So like Tilray ran up to 300, you know, everyone's- This was 2017, right? 
20, I think it was October, 2018. Okay. Okay. Maybe it's 20. I mean, honestly, anything before the pandemic, bro, my, my memory is just fried from that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, you know, I'm thinking it was 2018, maybe 2017. Okay. But so when everybody was on that cannabis thing, you went, yeah. Then I'm I'm going I'm going away from the crowd. Oh, very interesting. Just like you saw in this last this last week, right? Tilray Afria ran up yep. double digit. You know, sundial. Yeah, yeah. And then whoop, that thing gets pulled out. You know, is the it's the volatility, right? So when I, when the whole crowd's going one way, you're gonna mm -hmm. find the burner market going the other way, right? We're we're gonna look for that opportunity that people aren't finding, right? So with this uh, workhorse. I'm thinking in my head, last mile delivery, that works. They're, the ace up the sleeve that nobody talked about and nobody really gave them credit for was uh, their drone IP. Okay, so they have the patent that if you're gonna be a delivery vehicle and you wanna launch a drone off of it, right, to deliver the package, I think that, like, they, they own the patent on it, but that would drive the adoptability of their product, you know, like being able to change the way that humans uh receive their packages right yeah. change the way that we behave in the future that's what i always look for right uh something that people are going to think i'm crazy for talking about now something that's going to completely change the way that humans you know behave and it's very hard to do right my parents and your parents they went from black and white tvs and radios and rotary dial phones to facetime zoom all this so where do you think we're going to be at by the time we're their age we don't even right now me and you tiki we don't even have the the human brain capacity to comprehend what those opportunities are going to look like right so for me that drone delivering the thing man that was kind of one of those out there jetson type but you thing. never thought it was like a little too far-fetched no like wow. dude, that's that's the key that's how you know you're you're onto something that's right you know you're onto the right thing and people should look at you like you're crazy like electric vehicles Okay, sure, maybe the Tesla, but mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll counter that with it's the last mile delivery sector that they're targeting. So I don't think anybody could beat me in an, you know, could debate that Amazon, UPS, FedEx are all running through vehicles. You know, they're all in high demand, right? With everybody staying at home, with e-commerce booming, just deliveries. I mean, there's first off the volume we had before the pandemic for the last mile delivery sector, it, it needed to be improved, right? It was inefficient, right? Because the, the way that the world was changing, uh, the way that goods and services all move around, you know, there's just a better way to do it. So there needed to be an innovative technology or something to really push that idea forward. And really the icing on the cake last summer, which really made Workhorse jump from 20 bucks to 30, you know, and really unlocked it was uh, the partnership with Hitachi. Right. So Hitachi, major inter international company, right? Hitachi is a huge, you know, huge, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they specialize in like, uh, like manufacturing heart, you know, like forklifts, you know, stuff like that. Right. But so they're, they came in and they're helping workhorse set up their whole production facility. Right. Okay. You have all these orders, how are you, and you know, and, and you have the labor there, how do you set up the actual factory to where you can produce 12 of these vans a day? You know, so that was always the question with Workhorse was not, not, is the technology going to be relevant? Are people going to want it? You know, it, it was more so, are they going to be able to deliver? Right. And then when Hitachi signed on with them, that was like the confidence that it needed to really ramp up, you know, and say, Hey, Hitachi's getting involved here. They're not going to waste their time with just, you know, any run in the middle, you know, and so Workhorse was just set up to be that first mover in that sector of last mile delivery that I felt was going to be very relevant, right? Yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah, awesome so stuff, man. Awesome. Uh, has your strategy ever changed on the way? Like um, during dips, I know people when they when they see a huge dip in in a in a strike price, they they kind of bug out, they panic. Have you and and you in your position with such a huge investment in a workhorse for a very long time? Have you had to change your strategy along Absolutely. the way? Absolutely. That's where this all comes from is, mm -hmm. you know, if I don't keep changing my strategy, they're going to swallow me. Oh, uh oh, <laughs> I better wake up. Uh, no, but like uh, if they don't, uh, you know, if, if you're not constantly improving your strategy or constantly quit, they're, you're, you're going to have a win. But if you don't figure out what you do when you get up on top of the hill, you're going to roll right back down and give it right back to them. Right. So that's what I did for about eight months to a year. You know, I made money. I gave it right back. I made money. I gave it right back. Do you ever just sell all your shares or do you just take a, uh, take a little chunk, put back in? What's that move that you're playing with Workhorse? Yeah. So, so or, I'll run yeah. you through. Yeah. When Workhorse was just a few bucks and mm -hmm. I could grab, you know, for a hundred bucks, I could grab, you know, decent amount of shares. Right. Mm -hmm. I was, I, that was my thing. Right. I was accumulating. Right. I'm going to work, I'm taking cash and I'm buying shares. With mm -hmm. it, right. So now I'm building up, I'm, I'm accumulating my position, you know, yeah. and we can get into it too on the details of it, of how I used options contracts. But basically once I knew that it was like time after we went from $1 to $5 back down to $1 mm -hmm. and now we started getting back up to like 420, yeah. 440, 450. That's when little Tay Tay was like, yeah, this is time. You know, so I smashed <laughs> the hammer. Right. I, 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 I went to my drawer. I, 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 I emptied out the coin jars around the house. I got $1,200 together in cash. Okay. I drew, I can remember driving to the ATM that day to deposit the money. I was so excited. I, yeah. knew, I knew Tiki. I said, this was, this was going to be the one. Okay. This is going to be the thing that changes my life here. Right. This is the opportunity we've been waiting a year for. Right. So I smashed the hammer right now. I had to learn, you know, what, what do I buy with these options contracts? Do I want a far out of the money strike? Do I want a close in the money strike? So all that quest, you know, of like, yeah, there was a lot of luck involved, you know, but you know, in the moment I'm doing as much research as much, you know, uh, educating of myself of what tools are available to you. Right. So like these options contracts, they give you the right, but not the obligation mm -hmm. to purchase or sell 100 shares of a certain stock at a certain price by a certain date and you is that what you did in the game when you came in was options yeah so i was wow. dabbling with it trading them around right yeah. and so just talking speaking to how my my strategies developed mm -hmm. i started as like a scratch off like yeah i'm putting 1200 bucks on this risky thing with workhorse and i know it's gonna pop all right now it's a it gamble popped. huge yeah. gamble Absolutely, because that 1200 bucks could have just as easily turned to 12 cents, right? And 78% of these options contracts do expire worthless, right? So when I took that risk, that was built up on about like a year, like almost a year to that point of like being in this play, being, you know, watching every move of this stock, right? So when uh, I heard Mike Pence was going to be at the Lordstown plant, to reveal the endurance wow and workhorse, workhorse owns a uh you know has equity in lordstown right the the old the ceo from ride is the ceo i mean 
it's the black hole thing. I'm seeing Mike Pence over there at the factory. I'm seeing Lordstown Motors right there. You know, Ride. I, I don't. I, I don't even think. Yeah, Ride wasn't even announced as a SPAC yet. Mm -hmm. They went public with DPHC, but uh, you know, Ride. So Workhorse got all the credit for that. You know, like in the stock market game, right? So that was on. I can remember. You know, when that started going off, you know, Workhorse is at seven dollars. Workhorse is at eleven dollars. It's $14. You know, I'm freaking out. I'm losing it over that week, you know, because I had never seen it over five. Right. Fast forward to about, you know, two years later, you know, a year and a half later from that point, it's at 40. You know, so it's like, these when do you decide to take these profits in? Yeah. So that's so down to the strategy. Now that I have, you know, I was using, I was just taking cash, buying shares, building up a position. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I, I use, I, I, I figured out what was going on with the options contracts. I put 1200 on a super risky bet. That bet ended up working out, right? It was on, it was about a thousand percent return on my options contracts. So yeah. then that leads me to the point, okay, Taylor, do you take the money or do you exercise the contracts, right? Because these options give you the right to purchase the shares at a certain price. Mm -hmm. So at that point I had to go to my financial advisor and say, yo, what's up, Chris, how's it going? Um, I have all these options contracts that are a thousand dollars, you know, a thousand percent returns. Should I take the cash now or do I, you know, do I exercise, you know, help me out? What is exercise to people listening right now? Who, what does exercise mean? So exercise, I think working out, like what, what, what is that? I don't know what that. <laughs> so, so, so uh, just to back it up, right. A call is the right to purchase 100 shares at a certain strike price right so say 15 10 whatever per share right by on or before a certain date okay so to run that through what that looked like for me was i had uh five dollar strikes and i also had ten dollar strikes okay. and i bought them when the price of workhorse was only four dollars and 22 ish cents right mm -hmm. so technically both of those were out of the money and then sorry uh remind me again what the more oh exercising it okay so now once the price of workhorse from four dollar reaches over five dollars reaches over ten dollars then both of the contracts were in the money okay, okay. so when your contract is in the money it's favorable for you it has intrinsic value right so somewhere out there in the market if i have a voucher to buy workhorse for ten dollars a share and the price of it's four dollars yeah a big whoop, bro. Who cares? You know, nobody cares. The price is $4. You can buy it at 10. But if the price of workhorse is $20 and you got the right to buy it at 10, whoo, you know? So I was buying these contracts for like 40 cents, uh, 50 cents, you know, 50 bucks, 60 bucks mm -hmm. a contract, yeah. you know? And then uh, once it shot from $4 to 22, you know, these contracts are going for a thousand times more than what I paid for it. Right. So think about it that way. If, if I broke down the position and really just said it in English, what I had the right to do between mm -hmm. my five dollars and my ten dollar strikes was, you know, TC had the right, but not the obligation to purchase 100 shares per contract of every contract I had at the strike price. Right. So and but you sacrifice the premium that you pay for the contract, the 50, 60 bucks per. Yes. But then you pay 100, but then you pay the strike price. So for the $5, it would be $500 per contract, mm -hmm. right? And so for the $10 strike, right? Same thing, $1,000 per contract. And uh, so between the, I had 14 contracts, so 1,400 shares total. And then the average cost between the $5 and the $10, with everything factored in, like, uh, while Workhorse was trading at $22 a share, I had the right to purchase 
1400 shares at a cost of eight dollars and seven cents wow so that's when you hit that exercise so then i go okay i like workhorse i think this is just the beginning and right yeah. now if it's at 22 yeah and i can buy it at eight as long as i think i'm never gonna get a shot at buying it at eight again mm -hmm. you would need to take advantage of that opportunity right that that option that you have to exercise yeah. it you know i can put up so what i did i i said yo 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 old man jc right i'm gonna need a small business loan okay your boy right your son did something good okay i got us okay. in a good spot you know yeah. and he goes taylor you're crazy what do you mean i'm gonna give you ten thousand dollars you know i'm like dad trust me wow i'll work out the math for you here like we can purchase 1400 shares at eight dollars a share right now uh -huh. and look at the price it's at 22 right we don't have the u.s postal service contract yet and that's my you know that's my golden goose right and that was you know last summer right two summers ago whatever you know when it was up at 22 so uh so now that i do have all of these shares right i've i have 2100 shares of it at a cost basis of six dollars a share mm -hmm. and so now what i can do just to get into you know, a more advanced strategy with the options is instead of buying the calls like i did right i can start selling them right and then as long as the price of workhorse stays underneath my strike price i can just collect the premium week to week right I hold on to my shares. Now I'm getting paid just to hold on to my shares, wow. right? And now this is stuff you don't know about unless you crack the book open and go, what's yeah. a covered call, right? So for, I own 2,100 shares, I can sell 2,100 contracts, right? So I can receive, you know, here, let me just pull it up on Robinhood right now. And I don't do this, right? Because I'm not doing this strategy right now, only because I feel we are very close to the US Postal Service contract, right? right. So if I'm receiving a premium to lock it in and sell it at a certain price, and then it, I, we get that contract and it shoots up, that's not going to be a good spot for Tay Tay because he just waited two years. And now instead of selling it at 100 a share, he was receiving a little premium week to week to, uh, you know, to, to lock in to sell it at 45 a share if that event did happen. Right now, it's unlikely. So you're not going to receive a whole lot of money week to week for doing that. But you times that by 21 contracts, you could make a thousand dollars week to week if workhorse stays below a certain number. Right. So there's all these different ways. And that's just like the first like surface of it. There's all these different ways you can combine the positions together. You can like put them against each other. You can put them this way, that way. However, you know, if, if uh, there, there's a possibility for it, for you to learn about out there and a strategy for it with options, you know, if something goes down, something goes up, you, you want to bet on it, just staying within a certain range, there's a way to do it, you know? So that's what kind of led me, you know, going full circle from being a YOLO options, you know, lottery ticket scratcher to now I kind of look at myself as the blackjack dealer, right? I'm not going to, you know, it's going to suck when I lose, but over the long period of time, right now that I have six figures, I can slowly work that amount up to, you know, and, and the smaller percentages that I'm making off that six figures, going to, going to feed, going to feed the boy living in mom's basement, just the same. Right. So not getting too greedy, not trying to, you know, run it up from a hundred thousand to a million and then blow it back up. You know, that's yeah. not what we're doing here, you know? So now I'm trying to take a much more conservative approach to, uh, to, uh, you know, just make a little bit of money each week, you know, and figure out a stable, a stable thing out of this now, because that's what's going to, you know, we're not here for, for, for a good time. We're here for a long time, right? Guys, young as you and I, you know, so keep yeah. your head, you know, any new trader out there, 
you know, who's blown up and made some mistakes, keep your losses and the danger you put yourself in manageable to where if the worst case scenario plays out, you're still in the game tomorrow, you know, right. Cause that's all you need. You know, you just need to, you just need another at bat, you know, and don't, you know, don't strike out swinging and throw your back out, you know, sit on the bench for the next six exactly. months. Exactly. You know? But easy. Uh, we need to highlight that the stock market is a very risky game. Right. And Absolutely. we saw what happened with GameStop and AMC. What is your take on these meme stocks? What, what is your take on wall street bets? We know that you said that, Hey, that, that place, uh, we saw what the power of the people could do, you know? But what's your take on these meme stocks? What, what's how about GameStop and AMC? What's going on? How you feel like about it. those? You don't, don't like it? Like, I don't like it. It's it's not <laughs> the whole Robinhood shenanigans where they limited the shares and the clearinghouse and all that stuff. You saw Robinhood. Uh, people want to pin the blame on them. Not so much Robinhood's fault. Like they're just playing within their own rules, just like Wall Street Bets was playing within their own rules, just like the hedge fund managers were playing within their own rules, right? The people you really need to be upset about, you know, you know, I was listening to that clubhouse that Vlad and uh, Elon, you know, Elon's kind of roasting. I'm like, dude, was Vlad on that clubhouse conversation? Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, maybe I'm hallucinating here. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I'm recalling this right. Okay. Uh, pretty sure you know he was kind of razzing him for it and the way vlad responded to it was i mean kind of makes sense because it's not up to vlad it's not his decision right and then elon asked him okay so then who sets the number of the money that you need on hand right you know like uh you could think of there's a certain number that you just need to keep on the side to make sure that all this you know all these transactions can be processed right exactly so when you add in you know options and you start multiplying things times 100 and you start talking about billions of dollars flying around with hedge funds I don't know how they reached this number, right? And so when when Elon asked Vlad, okay, so who are these people who are uh, basically putting a gun to your head and telling you to turn these stocks off? You know, uh, Vlad's response is pretty much, well, we don't really know. And Elon's like, well, why don't you know? And it's pretty much, well, that's just the way it is. And I mean, that that's the system. This is the world. I mean, you just got to be realistic about that with anything in life is that the system is set up for the individual to fail and to fall into line and to conform, right? And that's the way that it's set up from the top down, right? Across everything, you know, if you're going to subscribe to it, the, the beautiful part about 2021 right now is that we have the internet we have we have our we have our own opinions and ideas and different ways to express them here so you know that's really you know that, that there, there's no transparency behind robin hood of who sets these numbers who this person is who do we hold accountable here nobody knows and that's just how it is and that's i mean when i get into the federal reserve who are those guys no yeah, I mean, it's, it's not reserve. right it's not fair it's it's it's, it's like um uh, i know portnoy once said that he was like it was like you were in the the winning game and you were just at the last inning and somebody just changed the rules you know yeah, yeah. it's, it's so not it, fair it, it really stung for the retail you know but uh were you the in those or did you not you didn't were you weren't in the hype uh, I honestly, that, that month work, that's when workhorse was blowing up. So I bought like 200 shares of AMC just for the memes. Right. I had AMC actually a week or so before shout out my guy, Ryan Smith. Right. Uh, 
he was, you know, he, he was kind of ro like following the, the message boards and he's like, Hey, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I'm like, all right, bro, I'll believe it when I see it. So I just jumped in with like 200 shares of AMC at like 300 bucks. And that was like maybe a week before it went off. And then I just ended up selling it and shuffling the money around. But, uh, so you, you took know, I, those profits right away. No. So I ended up selling it before it even went off. So I didn't even have profits I, on it. Okay. So then after it went off, I threw $2,000 at it just for fun because yeah. I mean, for the month I was having, I was up like 46 K at the time. So I figured, you know, I was like, yeah, was just, you know, and that's, that's the part about this too, is that, you know, out of this situation, there's opportunity in anything. Right. So the way I approached it was I just put my pizza money in it. Right. Shout out jockey for stealing his phrase, pizza money. Right. Uh, when you got your pizza money in it, you don't care. What is that? Can you, what yeah, is pizza which, money? Yeah. It's just pizza money, man. It's just, it's just, I mean, it, lunch it, money, basically. Like it's, it's, it's little pocket of, change. It's a different amount to anybody. Okay. And I don't want to try and come off like, oh, $2,000, just pocket change to me. Right. That's a lot of money to me. Oh yeah. Right? But, uh, relative to when you're in the market and you know, you're doing these stocks, things go up and down you're a little bit more comfortable with, uh, you know, that looseness, right? So to me, having 2000 out there in that risk was a favorable risk reward situation. And that's, you know, if you just put a few bucks into it and then it ended up popping, you know, and you took your profits right away. Yeah. My guy, Ryan cleared 46 K in like, a I week. saw that. Yeah. You know, Ryan was, was hitting it, but what, you know, a few months did he take those that. profits was he yeah, absolutely smart when it was up at 300 i mean yeah he held the line he was me he was all about it but what they don't tell you is behind the screen you think they're holding the line with their shares <laughs> you mm. gotta be high if you're thinking that man no mm. when it's up at 300 bucks a share and you're in at 15 and it's up at 300 you're you selling the line no oh, it's a game of hot potato it's a game of musical chairs and you want to get into that that's what that's the part that sucked was that a lot of people got saw the hype saw that and wanted to jump in themselves right yep. and that's i mean that's just including me i definitely yeah. jumped in way too late yeah. yeah but that's the thing you know that's the cycle of anything you know yeah. by the time you hear about it on the news that's old news right and uh you know buy the rumor sell the news <clears throat> you know i bought the rumor of amc i didn't hold it long enough mm -hmm. i jumped back in it and i ended up losing like 1600 of it right and, and we're literally seeing that right now with this cannabis stuff like the way it tanked overnight between uh wednesday night and yesterday well, nuts think of, it, think of it like this tiki it's more of a psychological thing right it's mm -hmm. more of like if everyone's looking at it so the price is what we all decided is right and the hedge funds know you know after they spend bajillions of dollars every year researching the next best way to trick tiki and tc right how, how do we how do we make them feel emotional how do we make them feel hopeless right and and just sell you know how do we trick them into selling oh you know we you know perfect you know that works publish this here go ahead and put that headline out on the news it's a big game it's it's all a rat race so you need to you know uh put your earmuffs on over the bs right like the media uh, so here's another thing too, for like anybody who's new and getting into this, right? Like the news articles that are on the app, right? So on Weeble, you know, it has like, you know, the news section, yep, yep, yep. headlines, yeah. whatever those headlines are, take that in your head and read the opposite. Read because the opposite. I love it. Exactly. If it says shares are down for this reason, read that in your heads that shares will soon be up for this reason, you know, because you know, mm -hmm. the, the people who are telling, you know, the 
the big, I mean, and we can go kind of back to what I was studying with PR, right? Mm -hmm. The way that the velocity at which information travels is what dictates how significant it is, right? So like, I mean, in the stock market, if, you know, this catalyst happens, nobody hears about it. They don't do a PR. Nobody knows. Great. The stock price isn't going to move. Right. But if, you know, CCIV merges with Lucid Motors and that ink hits the paper, boom, you have a reaction because everyone out on Twitter is witch hunting. Right. Everyone out. It's it's the it's the hot thing. Right. You know, it's what everyone's attention's fixated on, you know, so what is a market maker? They think, Oh, everyone's fixated on that. Let me throw as many different curveballs in there as possible mm -hmm. to trip trap, frustrate all these, you know, and that's where, you know, getting into more of the software with like your indicators, you know, uh, experience just with the charts and the trends that all, you know, kind of eases and fills in the blanks because when you don't know what's going on, like right now, workhorse is at 3650. you know, I'm kind of seeing that. No, check the MACD, check the, check the four hour. Okay. We're at a support level. You know, now, now I feel a little bit better about, I understand what, you know, a little bit more and humans are always trying to understand, but with this game, there's a certain level of com uh, of comfort that you just have to take and just knowing that a little bit of it is unknown, but we're trying the hardest we can to get the best idea of, you know, we're trying the best we can to get a better idea. Right. Yeah. And we keep doing that every day. TC, what do you say to the people still holding the line? What do you say to them? Like, I know a couple of people down on Nokia, 5,000, 10,000, you know, what do you, what do you say to these people holding the line? Is it worth just taking the loss and taking your money somewhere else? Or what do you do? So that's more so a decision that's going to be uh, subjective to what your personal situation is, right? So rule number one, like I said, with the pizza money, if you put in more money than you could really afford to lose, in investing in anything in life, mm -hmm. right? That's just a golden rule you got to follow. Okay. So if you violated that rule and you overextended yourself mm -hmm. and you thought, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I can't really afford, I'm going to be uncomfortable if I lose this money, but I'm going to go ahead and put it in here anyway. Cause I think, you know, and a lot of people you, did, a lot of people did yeah, TC. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't blame you for doing that because when the TV's talking about it, mm -hmm. when yeah. this is talking about, when everything on the internet's talking about it, what do you, th you know? So I don't, I don't want to like in any of this answer here, I don't want to, you know, that's a completely normal thing. You know, yep. I've, I've seen that happen all the time. I'm victim. I do that to myself all the time still mm. in the market. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but so you, you violated the first rule by overextending into a loss that, you know, you, you really didn't feel comfortable with. Right with with taking you know because then if you did and you took that loss there's no conversation anymore you know it's just yep. an l you understood the risk whatever but you know if you're feeling like what i feel like the majority is they i mean it's not that maybe they didn't understand i don't want to make any assumptions of it but what we can make the assumption of is that everybody wanted the tendies right and it looked like tendies were easy to make you know and that's just the golden rule i mean that's just another one is that if it's too good to be true it most likely is right and then so people who have known about the market and been active in the market and seen this stuff before like i mean he didn't go in I yeah i was like Ugh, i know what this is gonna look like and do I we no still hold the line so that's a, so that's going to come down to a personal decision, right? Like, uh, you know, do you want to subscribe to the group? Think of like, we're all going to soak up the shares available and, and we're going to, you know, supply and demand is going to squeeze them back, you know, and 
if you want to play that game with 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 the billionaire hedge funds uh, i mean retail does have the ability to cooperate enough to overthrow that influence and that's wow. what we saw right so it is possible but in in phenomenons when that rarely does happen it's called a short squeeze right yeah and so in this phenomenon this was like a mega short squeeze right because the whole world got in on it okay let elon musk fight that battle let Shamath fight that battle let the let the you know let them hold the line okay you if you are trying to pay rent and if you are trying to make your car payment I don't want to see you holding the line with me. <laughs> I don't want to see you going hands and night hands. Okay, you can go on the message boards and go and you know, you can you can push that idea and yeah. you can, you know, doge to the moon, bro. Yeah. Nah. If you're trying to do this seriously and trying to you know, do this and buy back your free time like we were talking about earlier, hold the line ain't even in my freaking vocabulary. Mm. You know, like it's, it's a joke. It's a meme. I like, you know, I'll get amped up with it and I'll play along, you know, and it's fun. That's all. It's it all, is, it's all fun. That's all fun. You know, but there's, there's a whole bunch of people out there who've been doing this a whole lot longer than I have that would, you know, go, oh my gosh, these idiots. Oh, you know, <laughs> what are they doing this is this is what's exactly what's wrong with the internet and with yeah. pocket hooders oh this is exactly what you know so i'd i'd like to say no 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 i think you got it wrong this is a new wave this is a new thing there's opportunity here and it's legitimate but you got to find the right way to do it you know that's what kind of we're trying to do with the burner market community was you know when i when i was trying to get out there and find like-minded people i don't have any friends in real life who, who did stocks you know so it's like for that two years of my life you know jay you know jay smitty you know k marie sick of winning like all, those were my friends you know like those are the people who i talk to every day you know it's like becky you know stalker mom we got you know like i87 alex like those seven or eight people who made it to the workhorse finish line with me at 40 dollars those are my best friends wow you know for like two years Amazing. so it's it kind of a yeah kind of weird to be like yeah, most of the people who I talk to every day and stuff, never met them before. But man, I, tr I trust any one of them with my email and my password and my portfolio for sure. Is, you know, is like Jay Smitty the one that you have also on the YouTube channel? The yeah, so uh, so so Jay Smitty, he's my partner in crime with the Discord, right? Okay. So he uh, covers more so uh, the OTC markets. Okay. Right? So OTC for a new viewer is the over the counter, right? Uh, if you think penny stocks. Right. To me, I always shied away from that because as a skeptic, I'm like, I'm not going to put any amount of money in something that's only worth a few pennies. Why is it called so over the counter? Is it I like I can tell you uh, it's just uh, fr from what I understand. I mean, I don't have much experience with them. Right. But to, I've always been told just to stay away from the OTCs. OK, because if something sketchy is going to happen in the stock market as far as like a scam or like it'd be over know, there. It'd be over in the OTC. It's a little bit less regulated, a little bit less looked at, you know. So me, I don't know. I've just heard nightmares, right? But uh, on the flip of that, there's a stock called TSMP, right? Uh, this is going to merge and turn into Humble, okay? HMBL. And, you know, I started, that's really what I got my first pop and breakthrough on YouTube with was there's an investor call. And that is where I found you at, at actually, TSMP. Yeah. Really? Yeah, okay, that's so I was actually that, researching TSMP and I got you over there. Exactly. So I my my friend Jay Smitty got to give him all the credit on this one for finding this one, yeah. bringing it into my life. You know, my guy Jay Smitty, 
he believed in this stuff when it was like uh, 0.0000000001, right? And he stacked it up, you know, and I think he's somewhere around 700,000, 750,000 shares. You know, maybe, I mean, between his couple of his accounts, he's got to be close to a million shares of it. You know, and wow. so at that, were you at the first investor call? Right? I, I, I believe so. You had a suit on and I remember you were, you were covering their live stream or something and you had, you had messaged their Twitter board and it, it was so awesome. <laughs> and okay, yeah, so I think that was the second one though. I think that was the second one. Yeah, so I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was in December. Yeah. The first one was in December. Yeah. Then for oh, the yeah, definitely one, the second one. Suit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The second one, I wore a suit because on the first one, man, December 8th, I've never seen the Internet react to anything in the stock, you know, like that before, because they had their investor call. And I'm thinking penny stock, you know, who's yeah, gonna care about this, whatever. You know, my guy, Jay Smitty, he's like, dude, let's do a watch party. Let's do a watch. Party. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of like the niche I'm trying to carve out on YouTube right now is any investor presentation, anything going on with relevant news and info from my PR background, the velocity at which info travels, I want to make a thing a stream where i got the news right here i got the charts going right here and then there's tc making faces and you know like you know i'll talk it. about it at the end you know so hey sorry we just got a little interrupted little technical difficulties what were you saying all right so yeah going back to that first investor call right it was december 9th or 8th right i've never seen anything any reaction like that on the internet over anything before in my life so we just started throwing the link out there we just did a little bit on stock twits a little bit on twitter right and that thing jumped from like you know 200 viewers to over something like 2000 right so once we were getting into the hundreds i just took the little chat box and put it over the amount of concurrent viewers we had because I was going to get nervous at that. I was used to only streaming for like maybe five, 10 people. So then, you know, now we just started blowing up. I think we uh, must have tripped the algorithms or something. And we were like a top suggested, you know, we, we definitely triggered a, a little algo squeeze there. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So we had 2000 viewers at once, you know, 10,000 total views. We, we uh, at that time I had 470 ish subscribers, you know, we blew past a thousand, you know, in that two hours during the stream. So the TSM peeps, right, the, the TSMP community, they came into the burner market and just slapped that sub button and, you know, kind of I've never seen a reaction. Where you know, where was your YouTube? People. Where was your YouTube channel um, before the TSM peers came in? Uh, I was just, you know, it was the same thing, but I mean, I was just, you know, doing the charts and the streaming for the market every day and, you know, four or five, 10, you know, sometimes we get it up to 15 people, you know, but then once the TSNP community came through, I was like, okay, it's not what I'm doing isn't right. It's just that I need to market it a little bit better or get the, get the URL in front of people in a little bit different way. Right. So uh, when we we did the first one, we saw that reaction. We wanted to make sure for that second investor call that, you know, we had we had the rug all vacuumed. We had the chips out, the dip, you know, I put on the suit. Right. And I wanted to make that kind of the most special experience it could be because that was the craziest thing I've ever seen on the Internet. Right. You know, got like 400, 500 subs off, you know, from it. And, you know, a big part of my community, the burner market, they're all interested in the OTC market. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's something that I have no experience with and just naturally was skeptical of and just stayed away from. But the reaction and the amount of people there, 
I'm a man of the people. So I had to listen to the market, you know, so I've been charting TSNP from, you know, December when it was down, I mean, at its lowest in between like December and January, I think it got to like six cents or like five cents a share, you know, but uh, at the height of the event, it was up at 33 cents. It drops down to six cents. My boy, Jay Smitty, you know, he's got the Tanzanite hands to him. That's a buy signal. Yeah. So he's doubling down. He's going, so oh, great. I can get this for six cents. I can get this for seven cents now. Exactly. Dip. You know, we, we buy the dip. We enjoy the writ, you know, like that's, that's, it's, uh, you know, when, when something starts popping off, you know, that's when everybody starts rubbernecking to it. Like the AMC GameStop situation, try and stay away from that. Right. Yeah. I want to be buying things that are boring, that are depressed, and then that will get exciting in the future. You know, guys, so that's a pro tip, that pro tip. He's giving you keys right now. If you've seen a dip, it's a sale. Get the chips. <laughs> <laughs> think of it like this absolutely think of it like this way when walmart puts something on sale for 20 percent off and uh -huh. it's a hot item but all that a lot of people like it ain't gonna you know there's not gonna be very many on the shelf for very long and that's the supply and demand you know between the bid and the ask right you know the buyers and the sellers we're probably gonna see a good relationship with tsmp and the humble pay people to help the retail investors i love it Oh, absolutely. The, so they're very that that penny that penny stock is very community focused, right? And what said that to me, and what just personally, you know, made me feel like a valued shareholder of that company was when we did that second investor event. You know, the one that uh, you found me on. Yeah. The 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 the, the head honcho, right, Mr. Brian Foot. Right before he starts the event, he says, "Thank you guys for coming out, or thank you guys for coming in. I, you know, all this anticipation is just really awesome." Uh, I caught wind uh, over on Twitter that there's a watch party going on. What's what's going on, everyone? Where's my invite next time? What the heck, you know? So I'm thinking to myself, this dude cares like enough to like know what what the conversation about his company is. He's he's hip enough to yeah. you know, and that's kind of the cool part about this you know COVID thing is that we're you know we're watching these you know. Uh, these people who we would regard as super highly intelligent CEO, executive level thing, watching them fiddle with the Zoom and seeing how, <laughs> you know, that to me is like a really cool part. But uh, just how we felt personally connected with that community, right? Now, is there risk here in this? Yes, there's a lot of risk. It's a penny stock, you know. Uh, could it go south? Absolutely. Could it go down to a penny? Sure. But that's the risk, the reward we're willing to take. There's a lot of people also like, all agreeing that this the price of this should be over a dollar right so it's been consolidating over a dollar ran up to two bucks rejected there you know now it's kind of consolidating up above one so the way i see it it could it could it could lose a dollar it could it could just bounce off a dollar and go back to two right who knows the the main thing to look at and to base things off of is not the share price right you got to look at the the management team are people happy to work there? Uh, do you see progress going on? Do you see, do you see that, do you feel like the, the, the guy with his finger on the trigger actually cares about you or not? And I genuinely got that feeling. Time's gonna tell, right? And uh, we'll see if maybe, you know, that was all a lie, right? And that was just a big front, but I didn't feel like it was. I felt genuine enough to trust it. And yeah, just the CEO's perspective, his, the, the way that they care about their community 
it's not it's unlike any other online community I've ever seen associated with the stock. And I'm very glad to be a part of it and just super happy that all the TSMP humble folks like, you know, mess with my stream, you know, and we got these watch parties going off because that's been my biggest growth and my biggest like confidence booster moving forward. You know that we got something cool going on here and that more people want to see it. Right. So it really gives you the drive to keep moving forward with it. Awesome. I love it, man. Um, thank you so much for for expanding on on your on your stock journey, man. I I really appreciate it. Uh, aside from stocks, what, what what other things are you interested in? Uh, what kind of music do you listen to? I'm gonna have the most disappointing answer for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like as far as music goes, I mean the the cliche, whatever I'm in the mood for, right? But uh, what I've really been getting into as of lately, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older, right? But uh, I really, I'm digging like the piano music, man. Like the really soft, like piano, jazzy, right? And that's right. just like while I'm trading it, like for, for that kind of, but as far as like, you know, what would I turn on when I'm in the car to jam to and stuff, I was super heavy into like the EDM scene, right? From like 18 to 21. And right now I feel like looking, and that was like, what was that like? 2012 to like 2015 right but now i feel like there's so many subgenres and different parts of edm yeah. that i would feel i would probably embarrass myself trying to describe to you the kind of music right but some of my uh, some of the people i listen to a lot were uh like rusco caspa like for the fabric live that's what got me into dubstep you know so i was big yeah big dubstep kind of uh I don't know. I would always listen to like Yellow Claw was a big one too. I know he's more mainstream. Some people love him or hate him. I like know. Yellow Claw. I, I, I've been to a couple uh, raves that they, they were here at, you know, in New York, which was cool. Awesome. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's what I, I posted on like the EDM Chicago Facebook group. And I was okay. like, because uh, I think it was like Flostradamus and Yellow Claw. You know, I'm like, I like that trappy, whatever, you know, like EDM. So, so I like posted like something about it and they're like, dude, you, the, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> like, I didn't know that I didn't describe the right sub genre. So I feel like, you know, I, I feel like music to me, it's, I mean, it's, it's an important part of like keeping myself uh, like level. Right. But as far as like, you know, I probably don't, go deep as deep into exploring music as you know i'm i'm very uh i don't know if i just don't have the as just not what i like or what but to me music it's like i know i feel bad saying this on a music podcast man, <laughs> like, you know like uh I, I definitely still have a lot more to experience right yeah and just a and you're from chicago you're, you're from chicago man the home of kanye uh we, there's a huge uh wave of chicago rappers have you heard of little dirk king vaughn rest in peace you're not from 63rd right no 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 no, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's called drill right it's yeah drill. drill music yeah so i can appreciate you know all different types of music and i can you know but yeah i mean if i'm working out 
shoot, maybe I throw on some drill, you know, or like uh, if I, you know, if I'm, if I'm going for a run, like, you know, Lord knows that don't happen often. Right. But yeah, if I'm pumping it up, maybe turn on some like uh like jungle trap, you know, like you know, okay. something faster like that. But uh little, little side note, little side detail, right. That some people, I mean, pretty much nobody really knows this about TC, but this is a cool thing I'll drop for you. Cause this is more of a, a music podcast. Let's do it. Right? Yeah. If any of your listeners are familiar with the great James Taylor, all right, musician, what is he, like guitar, yeah, singer, guitar player, right? Way back in the day, that was my mom's favorite musician, right, James Taylor. So she named me Taylor James. Oh, wow. So this guy, you know, I mean, he's got the classics, right? I've seen him a few times in concerts, but... Uh, yeah, if that your head, I mean, like, uh, just yeah, just type in James Taylor and you'll see one of his. Like, you've heard his music before, right? He's one of those like classic, you know, legend. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, a time, is yeah, he from yeah. Chicago? I'm, I'm not aware. I have no idea. Okay. I just know him. That was oh, my he's from Boston. Favorite artist. Okay. What's that? He's from Boston. Okay. Oh, okay. So over by you then. Yeah, my mom was just, uh, my mom super loved his music, right? So, uh, she, you know, she's a crazy James Taylor fan. So she had to name her son Taylor James, right? Wow, so, that's so dope, like, man. Uh, so I'm named after a musician, but uh, I used to play the drums too. Oh, me too, uh, man. I was in, I was in band playing, doing percussion. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing like, uh, yeah, like uh, had the, the kit set off in my basement, you know, and that only lasted about a year before my older sisters were like throwing stuff at me, like quit banging on those drums. So, yeah. You know, you do the quieters, the quieters don't work. At like, least you got the drum set. I got the drum pad. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, dude, those, those electronic ones, dude, you do some fun things. With those. I didn't get the so electronic quick, one. I got the, the, the regular one that was like looking like a plate and then you were just doing drum rolls on and just practicing. <laughs> I wish I had the oh, electric okay, one. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the hexagon. Yeah. Okay, yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn it on on you now, Tiki. What's going on? Like, uh, what do you do? Like, as far as the music scene and like, you know. So I know you got this podcast going on. Give me a little bit of background on you, man, if you don't mind that I turn the tables here. Oh right? man, that's awesome that you're doing this too. Uh, uh so uh, I'm a graphic designer. I'm, I'm I I'm a production designer as well. I I work for a private slash public uh company that helps armed forces in the united states and all over the world so um yeah so i i'm mainly a designer i love what i do and yeah i created this um this this platform to introduce underground artists and also underground uh people like like yourself like people that that are blowing up and and making strides and moves in um in, in their own lanes, you know, and I find that very interesting. And I want to give them a, a, a platform to be on this show too, and help help their audience and help mine as well, you know, so we can expand together. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm jotting this note down. I'm, I'm jotting this note, this note down right now, as, as you're saying all this, I can really see like in the, in the, just the way we had this conversation, everything that your passion is in that creativity. Right. And, your passion is in that music, in the, you said music, fashion, right? You know, I could tell, you know, the, even just, you know, having experienced, 
you know, launching my own thing on social media, to do all of this, right? To take all these steps, to go through it and to take your passion and try and put it out on the internet and share it with other people. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter how much money you and I made or whatever. It's not that, it ain't about that part of it. It's, it's about, about the passion. It's about what you and love. And I can tell that you are enjoying your life. Oh, and yeah, you man. would not be any happier if you were making a hundred K or 10 bajillion a year and doing something different, you wouldn't be any happier than you are right now. And I can just tell that genuinely by talking to you that uh, Tiki is a man who's following his passion, right? And he lit, and that is, as long as you're doing that every day, like I can see where you and I are very similar in that respect, where we take what we're passionate about, we're trying to share it on the internet with people and get that word out there, get that message out there. I resonate with that really heavy, man. So when you asked me to come on this spot, you know, come on and do this, I was like blown away. I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world, right? Like we are on a movement right now where people are going to the internet, sharing yeah. their passion and changing the, the status quo, man. So, yeah, no, I thought it was so dope that you even said yes. You know, like I was like, you know what? Let me just shoot it out there. I'm following this dude and I love what he's doing. I'm going to ask him, you know what? I have nothing to lose. You know, it's like when you when you see a girl that you like, you know, and, and, and it's like and you you hold that like regret that you never asked her out you know and you and why <laughs> it's like you know why when when all you could have did is just compliment her or ask her out and what's the worst that can happen no or you just get ignored and at least you tried you know so that's where i i, I was like you know what i got to ask this guy cuz he seems so down to earth and he talks to his people like he talks to his viewers and i Bro, thought that was yeah, so dope there's not a chance i'm missing this man somebody, <laughs> somebody taps into my stream wants to check oh dude i got time for that any day of the week my friend yeah. right. so what, what i think you know just to kind of go off of what we're talking about here what keeps people back and what i'm noticing what keeps people back and keeps people in the system mm -hmm. from you know not following their passion not doing it, is the fear of stability right is it, it's 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 scary you know, and we're both 27. We're very young. Uh, I didn't feel like I knew anything about life until I turned about 25, right? And very, very quickly, you keep reminding yourself, oh, no, you don't. You still need to, you know, you don't know everything. You don't have it all figured out, right? So when when you're going through all this, what really, it, it scares people, right, to take that leap, to do that, to, to quit your job, right? And, and the system does a great the system is very efficient at keeping Tiki exhausted and keeping TC exhausted, right? Yeah. So we can't do this, you know? And so at the end of the day, you're done working your job, you hang up your boots, you're going to turn on Netflix. You're not going to start doing your passion. You're not going to follow your passion doing that. So quit your jobs, people. Get on the internet. Find what you love doing. Make a lot less money doing it, but you will be so much happier in the end. And I mean, I could trade, you know, all the money I would have made working holidays and working weekends and stuff. No, no, no. Now, you know, it's not about the the the, the whole, sh everything shifted, right? It's all about my time now. It's about being happy, my passion, healthy, right? Uh, we're here for another 70 years if we do it right. So we got to set ourselves up in that. And I mean, just in the first three months from this, right, the reaction that I've gotten these you know the like the market will tell you right the people will tell you right and maybe it won't tell you right away but that just means you got to keep going and, and maybe these ideas are bad but you're gonna have a good one eventually you know so you got to keep trudging through all that you know get over the fear of that stability that that you are being trained and conditioned to needing 
right? Because the system's going to tell you, you need to do that, you need to do that, or it's a, you're probably, you know, going to end up like this. Yeah. And if you believe that, that's on you. You know, like when I was 18, uh, I was sitting down in my high school counselor, the guidance, the guidance counselor's office. They go, all right, Taylor, if you don't sign up and go to a university this year, right now at 18 years old, 50% chance you're just going to flip burgers the rest of your life. Mm. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, I know you are huffing paint, bro, because that is not accurate <laughs> at all. But as a, as a 18-year-old looking up at a peer, you know, somebody who's 45, you know, 50 years old, telling me what to say, that, that person works for an institution. That person works for the school. They're school part of a system, a yeah. From every kid that they send off and get us get to sign up for a student loan, that high school gets a kickback because they're, they're, they're going on to college and doing exactly. this. Now, nah, get out of that. Get out of that. It's 2021. Don't put yourself in debt. Get on YouTube. It. Study it. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying that it's uh, it's uh, effortless, but the effort and all of the, the time that you put in, it is much more rewarding to you and you will feel like you want to, you know, open three more doors after that. You know? Yeah. Awesome. TC, yeah, I, I, before, before we wrap up, I just want to chime in on what you do on your channel is, is you talk about not giving up. And you show us as the viewers where that dip was in your portfolio. And you said, hey, I can quit right now. But I didn't. I didn't quit. I didn't give up. I didn't let let that let that win over me. Talk about talk about how how you didn't give up, man. In that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. it, and and that was a huge loss, it. too. A huge dip. You always talk about it. I went from yeah, so I was I was at uh, sixty eight thousand dollars on September eighteenth, and then yeah. by October thirtieth, right? So in just that one month and a half, I went from sixty eight thousand dollars to twenty eight thousand dollars. I would not be All able right? to sleep. Yeah, I felt bad, man. <laughs> that so, so the the way. Uh, I'm going to send you an image, right? I'm going to send you a picture and it's, it's called the, the investor emotional cycle. Okay. Now, the more you study this and the more you become honest with yourself about how you're feeling and how you're letting these things make you feel, the more comfortable you can be with knowing that where you are on this chart and that it repeats itself. So think of it like a, like a figure eight of infinity that's going to keep going yeah, that'll happen. It happens at different rates of speed. Sometimes you go through a cycle really fast where it's excitement and, you know, high fives. And then, you know, you're tanking the next second. Sometimes it's really fast. Sometimes that cycle takes a month or two to play out. Mm. But either way, you know that you're somewhere on the cycle. And I'll show you the image. We could talk about it later or I'll, you know, bring it up on my stream and stuff. We'll talk about it. But uh, like, it, it's just knowing that right there at the bottom, I wasn't alone. There's a bunch of other people who also have failed in the stock market, right? Now, the difference is the people, when you're down like that, the majority of the people are going to give up. And that's what the system wants, man. I'm very against fighting the system, right? Mm -hmm. So at that point where you are the most depressed and you are the most hopeless and your stocks are worthless, you're at rock bottom, okay? So I have news for you. You have your opportunity to gain the most right there. Why would you give up when you have the opportunity to gain the most? Wow. Right. You've already lost everything. You're at rock bottom. You already lost everything. Why what else you, you got to lose? What else do you got to lose if you just lost everything, right? <laughs> everything else after that is a W. 
and that's that's how the cycle you know turns from bearish to bullish right you go from like super awesome high five we're gonna be printing tendies forever right game stops at 500 and then now game stops at 50 and now we're like dang we suck oh blah blah you know so it's that cycle that will forever repeat itself and that is true like that's the one thing to a new trader you, that uh, you need to get this investor cycle down. I'll get the information and the details better on it uh, in a sec, but uh, you need to learn that cycle because, and if you let, like, like, you need to stay optimistic as well, because if you let your results, if you let the market tell you and dictate what your emotions are, first off, you're not going to be a stock trader very long. Or if you are, you're going to be a lonely one because nobody's going to want to be your friend. You're never going to have a significant other. If, if you, if you let the stock market being red change your, your attitude and, and the, and stuff outside, right? Cause you know, you go into work, you clock in, clock out type stuff, you know, you leave it at the dot, you know, that you leave it there. But with this, if this is your thing, right, you got to learn to just not, let the results are like hang on real quick i think last i checked i was down like three thousand two hundred bucks for the my loser today you know absolutely not no i i got on the podcast with my guy tiki and we won today you know that's that's not how i'm gonna abuse it and it, it's it comes down to a lot of and this is something i struggle with myself you know i don't want to sit and sound like I've, I've accomplished this and achieved it whatever but it's a ongoing battle every day be nice to yourself be honest world out there that's gonna want to see you lose and laugh at you when you lose so you know the market's against you this is against you everything's against you don't be so hard on yourself right like a lot of us we're just trying and we're trying our best so as long as you're doing that as long as you're trying your best as long as you're following your passion how you know i mean i don't care what your bank account looks like you know and that's that's really gonna pull you through you know and that's what you need to have if you're going to pursue this as like an income for in like a serious way, you know, like you could just the, the market, you could dabble in it. You could just, you know, be as hands off with it if you want, or you can try and zoom all the way in and make this your, your day to day. There's the opportunity there for everybody. And that's what makes this so exciting in 2021. Right. Amazing, man. I really yeah, but, love um, what you're saying, man. I'll back it up a little bit too for you though, for a little bit of personal detail on me, man. I was a troublemaker, dude. I like to party. Like I won't <laughs> lie to you, bro. Like I got myself into a lot of trouble, man. And from 21 to 25, I was fortunate enough that I didn't get myself in enough trouble to really, you know, mess up anything too far in the future, right? So I did a good job of messing myself up and hamstringing myself, you know, but uh like once I, I, something in my head clicked, I was 26 years old. I was dead broke, right? I had, you know, I'm, I'm working these jobs, you know, I'm bartending, I'm going to school, I'm doing, I'm running around. I got nothing. I'm 26. I got nothing. I drive a 98 Jeep. I live in my mom's basement, right? And I'm start. I'm, I'm a troublemaker. You know, I'm hanging out in places where I shouldn't be. I'm being influenced by people who I should, you know, just surrounding myself with that crowd. And that was fun. Right. That's very fun. From as long as you learn these things growing up and not taking these things as an adult, you know, like mm -hmm. you went through these stages of your life at a very early age. So you got it out of your system. You know, uh, same mm -hmm. thing with me, like before 20, I hit 24, I was a bad kid, too. You know, I was doing stupid shit. But when that moment is uh, like out of your life and you're ex 
grow up and you're like, wow, I'm so glad that happened. So I'm not fucking up now, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you hit it right on the head. It's that moment where you grow up, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, that hit when I was dead broke. I had literally like $4 in my checking account. I had to ask my mom for $13 mm-hmm. so I could go to Jimmy John's to get a sandwich, right? Fuck, and yeah. That's the only. So I literally looked at myself in that moment. I said, Taylor, is this it? You know, and when you talk about rock bottom, right, with the stocks, right? Remember from September yeah. to October? Yeah. I don't remember. Well, this was, this happened in February. No. Yeah, February 2020. No little bit before like end of 2019 right like in the end of 2019 that's when i had that that light bulb moment you know and from from that point forward i you know i was trying to build up my position as much as i could in the stock markets right uh i i i tried to really take things seriously right because once you have that grow up moment you know the partying's fun but then once you have that grow up and maturing moment you know like and that's what it took you know for for me to for it to really click for me and uh going back on it i wouldn't change a single thing because yeah maybe who i was today you know built me into those experiences right and i got it out of my system all those things but like in addition to that uh when when you're when you're in that spot right it's just better to stay away. Like, you, like if I could go back to 21, there's a whole lot of lessons I would have rather learned differently. I, tr- I just, I decided to learn them the hard way. Right. And now we can never go back and change time, but move. And this is the same thing about the market. We can never go back and change a bad trade or something or a bad decision we make back in the market. Mm. All we can do is clear ourselves, balance ourselves, move forward and decide what choices we're going to make to set up for the future, right? So yeah, I had that big kind of light bulb, you know, I was broke. I, you know, asking my mom for money to, at 26 years old. And then now I'm 27 and, uh, you know, to have six figures that I'm in control of, this is absolutely for surreal to me. You know, the, I, I just want to- It speaks it, to the dedication and drive that you have, man. Thank for you, real. I really, I really appreciate that. And, and I want to, I want to share my story. I never want to come off like I'm bragging or like, you know, like, yeah, there's something about you, man. When I saw you, I was like, there's a story behind this kid (laughs) for sure. Yeah. So I never wanted, you know, that's not why I show the portfolio. You know, it's not, I think it is something to be awesome and to be proud of, but in the Uh same token, I remind myself every day, it can be taken away from me. Right. The mark, you know, so I need to stay up on my grind, up on my thing, because I like being up here and I'm not going to stay up here unless I'm working hard at it every day. You know, awesome stuff, man. I hope uh, whenever if you ever come to New York, you can stop by. We're going to have a studio built soon so we can make it real official and stuff. So would love to have you on and and get more deep in this conversation. Hopefully that's when you hit that 300K mark and we could just talk about it, you know, Uh TC, bro, you you get us you got you get this going up in a studio, bro. You let me know the date. I'm getting on the next plane out of out of Chicago. Oh, man, I'm dude, I York, I appreciate that so much, man. That's love, bro. Yeah, so as as we're wrapping up here, though, yeah, that's what I want to do next year, right? You know, is after we kind of do this for another year, put a full year into the social media. I'm flying out to meet Tiki. I'm going over to see Sick of Winning in New York. I'm gonna go fly out to the West Coast see Ryan. I'm gonna go, you know, like I'm gonna tr- all these people I connected with and make relationships with you know it's like well 
now I've got the, you know, I got the money. I put in the work. I put in the sweat. Let's, let's go enjoy our lives. You know, let's yeah. live our lives free. You know, like, let's go do what Love we want to do, man. So that's what I'm preaching, bro. Tiki, I really appreciate you having me on the, the show, man. Thank you. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Tiki, where can they find you? Shout out where, where, where your channels and stuff, man. Where can they uh, okay, see so stuff? Okay, so I'll do the plug, right? You know, Burner Market Trading, right? So on YouTube, it's just going to be Burner Market Trading. Instagram, I think, is Burner Trading. I don't do too much with Instagram. Uh, really, if you want to, you know, get active, just hit up the YouTube, Burner Market Trading. Make sure you hit that sub button. Turn on the notifications. Every day the stock market's going live. You're going to see your boy's face up there, right? We're calling it how we see it. I stay objective. I look at things from a bullish perspective a bearish perspective i try and look at the uh just the charts right my boy low he comes in he's much more strict than i am his standards are much higher right he wants to see the financials right so he's looking at it from a money standpoint i kind of view things from a more market sentiment and you know kind of vibe you know kind of just feeling and going off of the charts and what I'm seeing as far as support resistance levels, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what we try to put together every day on the show between a balance between, you know, looking for some speculative, you know, and maybe an opportunity on the charts or also trying to identify undervalued things just by book value, right? And in the event of a market crash, my guy low is going to be fine. Me, I'm going to be like, oh, I got a few moves to make here, you know, and this is going to hurt. But, uh, you know, so we're trying to cater to every type of investing, trading, every market, right? And we're slowly building it out. And, uh, you know, we do like a pre-market stream uh, in my Patreon Discord community, right? So if you really want to take this to the next level and you really want to get serious about this, right? I'm a normal person. It happened to me. You can put in the work too. So that's what we're trying to build with this uh, Patreon community, right? So you can check out the Patreon uh, forward slash burner market trading, right? For $29 a month, uh, we're doing like a, a pre-market stream, right? So 30 minutes before the bell, right? We're, uh, we're in the private Discord group. I do like a little watch list. I'm always doing charts, right? Taking Q&A. And then on uh, Wednesday nights at 7.30 Central, we hop in a big discussion room, you know, just like a Zoom call. Anybody's got a question, what do you want to know? Last week, we were talking about tax advantages. And, uh, you know, if you've got kids, you could write off, you know, you could gift them money and then write that off on your taxes. So there's just a bunch of little, you know, little info, little things here. And, you know, we all come from different parts of the market and we all come from, I got, we got people with, with $5 in their account and we got people with 5 million. We've got people who are, who are 70 years old and we got people who are 17, you know? So if you want to get involved, if this is something that it sounds like, you know, uh, you want to try for yourself to see if you are, see if, uh, this is an opportunity you want to pursue. You know, I, th I want to try and create a community where that is inviting and we can all progress and work together, right? Because I'm all about the power of the people and I'm all about trying to hit and, well, not hit, I'm trying to touch and reach and get my message out to as many people as possible, man. So real quick, you know, I really appreciate you, you know, having me on here. Let yeah. me talk about all this stuff, man, and share my story, you know, because, yeah, this you got it. This is going down as tc's first ever exclusive interview i love you got it the exclusive here bro. i know i know i did <laughs> yo final fi financial independence i love it we, 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 that's the ultimate goal 
Oh, absolutely. We'll get there, man. We'll get there, man. And the way we're going to achieve that is by just doing what we're passionate about, dude. And it's very cool that you're kind of, that you, I think it's very cool that you have your, your lane and the fashion, the creativity and, and that end of it. But also I, I look at you as a renaissance, man. You had the, the, the site to look into to see, okay, what's this, this GameStop stuff about, right? You didn't just take it as that. You went a little bit further. How do we understand a little bit more? That's what brought you into my channel type stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, with the long and the short of it, you know, it's like, uh, th this world's crazy, man. So let's see what we can do. And it, and the power of the internet, man, the way we're connecting with people on different sides of the, the planet. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's open. To, it's open to all of us, man. So let's, let's get this thing rolling, bro. <laughs> Easy. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hope we talk again soon. Um, it's been awesome. Can you say yurt one one time for the New Yorkers? Yurt. It's like a. It's like a yo. Yurt. <laughs> That's yo, awesome, yo. bro. It's Y E R R R R R R. Like we say yurt. Like that's that's the way we greet each other in New York. Yer. Just like that, just like that. Can we get that one more time? Yer. That's how we do it. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You get in there, bro. You, you get in there. Let's do it. Every like, time oh, I'm in, I, I want to hear a year. <laughs> You got it, man. You got it, bro. Thanks. I really appreciate it, man. Anytime you want to chat, bro, market, music stuff, man, really appreciate this. Really enjoyed it, man. Thank you very much. Thank you, TC. Thank you so much, guys, who's listening. Make sure to like and subscribe. Um, make sure to follow TC stuff. Uh, we're going to do more of this kind of stuff. I want to make sure everyone listening gets gets their knowledge expanded to levels that they never even thought possible. So thank you, TC, for, for taking this to the next level, bro. Let's do it, man. We're out here pushing the needle and uh, all those other YouTubers who are just putting up five minute videos and not connecting with your communities. I'm sorry. Your boys out here changing that. So you better get in with your with your people because I'm going to snatch them up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bro. Have a good night. A good day, man. And happy Friday, bro. You too. Man. Take care. Man. Good, all right, see you. Yo. good to see you. Man. Take care. Peace.